It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is episode number 340 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. As always, you can follow at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at Locked Redskins for stories, uh, video, little clips, links to the podcast, and everything Redskins related that we can find and put up on Twitter. At Locked Redskins. You can follow me individually at WrestleMania621 at WrestleMania621. You can email me, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com. So, with this being episode number 340, this might be the last episode that we record where Trent Williams is a member of the Washington Redskins because finally, alas, aha, the Redskins are willing to trade. Trent Williams. Finally, this was first reported by Ian Rappaport of NFL Network on Monday afternoon. All this time has gone by and the Redskins weren't able, weren't willing, haven't been able, haven't wanted to trade Trent Williams. We've talked about Trent Williams so much on this particular podcast. I don't know what else there is to say other than They say deadlines spur action. The trade deadline is Tuesday afternoon. You might be listening to this after that. The bottom line, so you might know the answer to this, but the bottom line is, is the Redskins clearly subscribe to that theory. It worked really, really, really well with the Kirk Cousins negotiation, right? Because deadlines spurred action in those two particular cases, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. What a joke. What an absolute joke. Um, No, they did not. And anybody that believes that you just make a deal because a deadline is here and both sides are just going to cave in, no. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes, yeah, deadlines do. But not all the time. And again, the Redskins should know this already, but apparently they don't. Because the Redskins have not wanted to trade Trent Williams have refused to trade Trent Williams. Now, they had their reasons. One, they didn't want to set a bad precedent. Two, there is a significant salary cap savings towards next year's cap, the rollover, as we've talked about a number of times. So I understand that they did not want to trade Trent Williams for those two particular reasons. What I never understood was, we don't want to trade Trent Williams because we want him here, and we think he's just going to walk through the door, and everything's going to be fine. And that was the mentality, seemingly, that Bruce Allen, Jay Gruden, when he was here, and others have had, is that if they could just wait out Trent Williams, if they could just be patient and not pull the plug, If they could just make him come back, 
everything would be great. Everything would be wonderful. And how could that be? No. Trent Williams is not holding out because he didn't want to be in training camp. If you didn't know it then, how in the world do you not know it now? And once again, the Redskins, this is a stunning case in not understanding, not knowing, not properly processing your employees, just like they completely and totally misjudged the Kirk Cousins situation and Kirk Cousins' willingness to stand firm and to not cave in and to not give in to the ridiculous offers that he was presented. Like he was supposed to be happy. Like he was supposed to be thankful on on his knees, begging the Red... Oh, the Redskins gave me a $12.5 million per year offer. <laughs> I mean, that's the way the Redskins look at it. And Trent Williams, I'm not saying that's exactly the same situation. It's not. But the notion that Trent Williams is supposed to just come back and be thankful that the Redskins didn't trade him and that the Redskins still want him and that the Redskins are still willing to pay him his contract and he's just supposed to come back after all this time, all this animosity, all this bad blood, all of this stance, all of this determination to hold out, to force their hand, that he's going to come back and just be like, everything's great, everything's fine? No. Who, be- who would believe that? If the Redskins actually believe that, They're nuts. But here's the sad part. I think they believe that. Here's why. Remember the column that we presented in the last episode, episode number 339 of the Locked on Redskins podcast, where it said Trent Williams, the tentative plan was to him to report before week 10 so that his contract year would not be void. Basically, the contract year would count, but he would nurse himself back into football shape, and maybe he would play at some point, but he wouldn't be ready to play right away. Remember, that was reported by Ian Rappaport as well. So if that was reported by Rappaport, right, clearly that seems to be coming from Trent Williams' side. This report seems to be coming from the Redskins' side. But how much of this decision that the Redskins are now willing to trade Trent Williams is a direct result of that particular report late last week? What I mean by that is, again, they thought, oh, if we don't trade Trent Williams by the trade deadline, which we don't want to do, Trent will feel desperate, he'll come back, and he'll be ready to go, and he'll feel like he's a part of the family again. Well... They were right in, to some degree, if that report is true, that Trent would come back, but not to play for them willingly, but to get the contract year so that it counts by week 10. And then 
maybe play, maybe not play. And as we described on 339, maybe that would kick off a long, twisted, circus battle between Trent Williams being ready to play, being cleared to play, not being cleared to play. Maybe he would be suspended. Maybe he would be just angry and hostile. There was a lot that we didn't exactly know that were all on the table. If you force Trent Williams back here, or if he feels forced, and then for whatever reason he chooses not to play. And again, we can't rule it out because we don't know what the situation is. Medically and with the medical staff. So the bottom line is this. I think the Redskins responded to that particular column, that particular report. And thought, oh, wait a second. We didn't consider that. Wait, you mean Trent might come back before week 10 and then not play and just hang out and his contract year will count? And he'll get paid and he might not play. Oh my God, what are you talking about? How could we do that? I I believe that's, I believe there's some truth to that. If not a lot of truth to that. I think Bruce Allen may have been floored by that. Because now, just a couple of days later, the Redskins are open to dealing Trent Williams for the first time. According to Rappaport, they have begun the process of looking at potential suitors. And the Browns have been one. He said, unclear how high they are, they set the asking price. But they'll at least listen. And this was Monday afternoon. Now, Tom Pelissero, who also works for NFL Network, said, quote, the Redskins have told other teams they have a second round pick on the table for left tackle Trent Williams. So it appears they're holding out for a first-rounder. So, if we are to believe that report, which I do, it would stand a reason, you would think, that the Browns are the team that has offered the second-round pick. Now it's a matter of whether a team caves or not. So the question is, Is a second-round pick worth it for Trent Williams? I think it is. I think it is. Just in terms of pure compensation. But I do get holding out to try and get a first-round pick. The problem is, depending on who the team is that offered the second-round pick, if they don't think you're going to give them and make a deal, they may try and acquire somebody else. And then you're kind of left holding the the bag. On top of that, here's what I would say. The time to trade Trent Williams, as we discussed, was either right after Laramie Tunsil was traded to Houston or right before Laramie Tunsil was traded to Houston because the Redskins lost a ton of leverage that particular day when Laramie Tunsil was traded and Houston paid what they paid. Multiple first-round picks. Now, again, there's a huge difference between Tunsil and Trent Williams. Tunsil is much younger, much healthier, so on and so forth. We we get that. Nobody's saying that the Redskins were going to get that package for Trent Williams. 
But what kind of package are they going to get for Trent Williams realistically now? I mean, I guess it looks like a second-round pick, but what kind of pack are they going to get a first-round pick for a guy that hasn't played football since late last December who we don't know if he'll be medically cleared or not. We think he'll be fine, but we don't know. We don't know what kind of football shape he's in. We don't know what kind of cardio and and, and um, regular shape he's in, non-football shape. What are teams going to pay? Again, second-round pick. We, that's what we think. We assume that the Redskins are telling the truth. There's no requirement that they tell the truth, right? So maybe they don't even have that. Just because that's what's being reported doesn't mean that's the truth, right? They could be fibbing on that, and it could be a third-round pick. We just don't know. The Redskins lost plenty of leverage, of course, when Tunsil was traded to Houston, and then the market was set for what a premier 25-ish-year-old tackle would cost. Again, nobody thought the Redskins would get what Tunsil got or what Miami got from Tunsil, from Houston. Nobody thought that. But it was reasonable to think that Houston would have given up at least a first-round pick for Trent Williams. It's reasonable to think that. And why wouldn't they? There's another element to this that I want to get to next, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. Guys, don't forget, Peloton is offering a limited-time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get started. That's OnePeloton.com. Use the promo code LOCKED to get started. We're with you on the Locked on Redskins podcast. This is episode number 340. As a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game and then some. We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is time to get off the sidelines, guys, and get in the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines, the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, and you should do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie. If you're tired of watching the games from a couch with nothing a game, my bookie wants to get your mind off of everything else and back on the game. The best part is, if you join me right now, my bookie will double. Your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit that you can use on all of your favorite picks. Use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On to double your cash and visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, back here on the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 340. So I just want to finish up the Trent Williams conversation uh, like this. Listen, one of the main reasons, again, the Redskins did not want to trade Trent Williams, do not want to trade Trent Williams. Now, apparently, they do want to trade Trent Williams, but they're asking for a higher price is because they didn't want to set a bad precedent. And I do get that to some degree. They didn't want to set a bad precedent that anybody could go into the corner office, the ivory tower, as some call it, and demand a trade. But here's the problem with that. While I understand that, you don't want certainly an army of players that are unhappy with their role, snap count, position, money, whatever, demanding trades, holding out, because that is not good either. The problem is that, right, we treat every individual case differently. We treat every individual case differently. Just like we pay every individual different. Don't we? We pay based on performance. We judge based on performance. We treat based on performance. We revere or we get rid of based on performance. So while I understand the whole precedence thing, and you certainly don't want to open Pandora's box... One thing that I would counter with, again, is simply by saying, just because Trent Williams does this doesn't mean you have to do it for everyone. Or doesn't mean that everyone is going to do this. As I've said all along, I believe Trent Williams is speaking for more than just Trent Williams. And I also believe that Trent Williams is not the only voice. He's just the loudest voice. And I also believe that Trent Williams looked and said, I can do something here that's going to help other players, both currently and in the future, while also divorcing myself from the team that drafted me and getting away from the circus. So, again, what I would say is this. I understand the precedent theory, But are we really setting a bad precedent if Trent Williams is handled differently than Monte Nicholson? Just using those two as an example. Now, you want to argue that Trent Williams being treated one way might kick Ryan Carey. Well, okay, now now we have a discussion. But again, not every case is exactly similar. If Trent, the way it's been reported, is actually telling the truth and Trent's side, this is more about the medicals than it is about new money. It's largely about, I mean, it's about both, I think. But that's, again, not every situation is going to be about the medicals. I guarantee if Ryan Kerrigan went to Bruce Allen and said, I want out, it wouldn't be because of the medicals. It would be because... His career is wasting away here, and he wants to go play for a contender. And ideally, as we talked about on 339, maybe he wants to play at home. So again, not every situation is different. Not every player is is different. So that's why you can have some ability here to not worry about precedent, if not a lot of ability to not worry about precedent. Because again, Trent Williams is different than 
Jaron Christian, just to use the same position. The same position. Here's the other thing. We've talked about the money and the savings and all that stuff. You know, again, if Trent Williams is traded, it reduces, if not diminishes completely, the cap savings that you have because of dead cap money and so on and so forth. The thing that I wonder about is this. If you get a second-round pick for Trent Williams, is that not better off, even if you lose some of that cap savings? Is that not better off than having this black cloud constantly hovering over the organization? Again, all the media scrutiny. If Trent does report, by week 10, but then can't play, won't play, isn't cleared to play, is suspended again, is, you know, whatever legal ramifications there are. Or maybe he does play, but he's angry. Like, if you got a second-round pick in this upcoming year's draft, let's look at this. You're likely looking at a number five overall pick in the first round, right? Because the Redskins are so bad. Then you don't have your own second round pick because you traded that for Montez Sweat, which would again be in all likelihood, you know, somewhere between 33 and 38, 39, somewhere in that range. But at least you might be able to get a pick somewhere in the 40s. And then, essentially, you made up for what you paid for Montez Sweat. To me, I would do that deal for even a second-round pick. Now, again, I'm willing to say that the Redskins are going to have to chew dead money, and that's going to offset some of the money that they've won back because of Trent's situation. So I am a little bit concerned about that on a team that, you know, has some some big salary cap issues uh, because of guys that are severely hurt and can't play. Uh, Alex Smith, Jordan Reed, just to name a few. And the other thing that we just have to point out is, do they have more leverage by waiting to the offseason? I don't think they do. I think they lost a lot of their leverage when Tunsil went to Houston. I think they lost more leverage when they refused to trade Trent then or early in the season. I think they have less leverage during the offseason because even though teams are looking to improve their roster and formulate their roster, he's only got... Assuming that he reports, he's only got one year left on his deal. Now, teams will give up something for that, but I just don't know if you get a first-round pick for that. And maybe you don't even get a second-round pick. Maybe the team that has offered, allegedly, this second-round pick decides, nah, you know what, we're better off doing something else. Just something to consider. Just something to think about. All right, we're all over the Trent Williams situation. Obviously, if he gets traded, we will do a special podcast episode or we'll have crossover Wednesday. Uh, we will have it all for you. 
uh, right here on LOR. When we wrap up the show next with a little bit of good news and an update on the starting quarterback. That's next. Locked on Redskins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is episode number 340 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. So the Redskins got back to work on Monday afternoon at Redskins Park with an extra day of practice than normal because of the longer period in between games from last Thursday night in Minnesota to this Sunday in Buffalo. So they had this extra practice that normally they would not have. Here's the deal. Case Keenum did not practice, not that he was expected to on Monday. I certainly did not expect him to. I don't know how many others didn't, but I I would assume they didn't. Um, And Bill Callahan, interim head coach, basically said, uh, you know, they're going to be doing more baseline testing uh, on Monday night and Tuesday to see if they could clear him for practice on Wednesday. My sense is, this is just my sense, um, is that he won't be cleared for full go on Wednesday. Maybe he'll be limited individuals, that type of thing. I don't see, I, I could be wrong, I don't see how he gets completely cleared to play on Sunday in Buffalo. I still think it's going to be Dwayne Haskins starting this game. I, I don't know that for sure, but I, I that's what I believe. Um. Again, Case Keenum's concussion was 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 um, severe enough, I guess, based on the symptoms that it kept him out of the entire second half on Thursday night, which was a good thing. But he was playing well, so it wasn't a performance-based thing in any way, shape, or form. It wasn't like, uh, yeah, let's err on the side of caution because he's not really doing well anyway. He was playing well. So to me, Keenum being ruled out of that game, not saying that the doctors did anything nefarious by any means, but that tells me certainly it was severe enough to be concerned, but perhaps severe enough that he simply might not be able to be ready to take a pounding. And even if he is, let's think about this. He's already been pulled from or knocked out of two different games this year in which Dwayne Haskins, who was not prepared in terms of first team reps, in terms of main practice reps, because they have to get Case Keenum. Does it make sense to continue to throw a guy back there that hasn't been able to complete so far? What, one-fourth of the schedule? I I mean, maybe I'm being too critical, too negative, but Case Keenum's already proven that, unfortunately, he can't finish games. He can't finish a couple of games. I need to make sure Dwayne Haskins 
is totally ready to play in this game against a very good defense who's going to be angry. Uh, to me, that's the number one thing here. And the last thing that we'll finish up with, Darius Geis returned to practice. Now, he can't come back until after the bye, but Bill Callahan said uh, that Geis wasn't, quote, rolling around in the grass as much as I could tell, but he was out there working. We've released him back into the program. And so apparently Geis wasn't doing too much work, but as he just gets going back into the practice routine, this gives him an opportunity to practice this week and... After the Redskins bye week, um, you know, because they'll have one or two practices maybe before they go on by, maybe one, and then a full another week to prepare for the New York Jets. And they'll have an opportunity to kind of see how his knee responds to this week of practice before bringing him back officially off of IR as he's the designated player uh, to return. And, of course, if they get Darius guys back, that should help this run-heavy offense for sure. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Have a great one. Stay tuned. Trade deadline Tuesday afternoon. Will Trent Williams still be a member of the Redskins? We will find out. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.